Zelda. Zelda? <laughs> I just changed my ringtone to the Zelda, like the song from Zelda. Uh-huh. And so whenever it rings, I'm like, Zelda. The classic catchphrase. <laughs> Zelda. Where are you, Linda? You're, you've been traveling. Are you back home? Are you out on the road still? I've been traveling so much, but I'm back where I always am. Back I have this call. in your weird bathroom. Back on Berry Street. <laughs> and the rain. It's been a beautiful what? rainy day. I love the rain. It is a perfect rainy day. It's like that Seattle rain where you can just put on a little rain jacket and not even fuck with an umbrella. That's exactly what it's like down here, too. Oh, my God. What a couple coincidence. A couple of East Coasters. Who would have guessed? We're crazy. Well, I need the highlights from your, your various travels. You've been all over the place. I've been all over, man. And I took a red eye in to New York last night. So if I don't form complete sentences or words, that is why. <laughs> Can you sleep on a red-eye flight or not? It's the kind of sleep where there are long periods of the flight that you don't remember, but you also remember the 132 times that you woke up to reshift because mm. your neck feels like it's about to snap in half. Or Yeah. Yeah. Do you bring any comfort materials with you on a long flight like that? Do you have one of those neck pillows or an eye um, mask or anything? I had a rolled-up sweatshirt. Mm, that's my normal move. Roll yeah. up a jacket. Use that my as a pillow. I feel like if it's a flight under seven hours, I just stick to the usuals, like like the rolled-up sweatshirt or, you know, foraging through the bins for extra blankets. The old standby of the rolled-up sweatshirt. <laughs> But if it's like a super long haul flight, then yeah, I have a little neck pillow. They just take up so much space. They have those inflatable ones. Do those actually work or are they a sham, uh, like sham? I don't know. I think that I can't stop imagining the sound it must make against your ear. Squeak, squawk. Yeah, I'd be like, wink, 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 squish, wink. Squish, squish, squish. Squish, squish, squish. Yeah. I spoke too soon about the umbrella. Is it raining harder now? <laughs> It's umbrella time. <laughs> Sorry. Did, did you I bring the umbrella with you? I did. Just like a, a good New Yorker, always prepared. Mm -hmm. There's always people selling umbrellas for $6 when it starts raining in New York, is my experience. <laughs> yeah. So last time I talked to you, I was standing on the balcony watching my retreat almost happen. Right? Watching what almost happened? The retreat that I was at. Right, exactly. You were you were waiting to see how many people showed up. You were gauging yep. their outfits to see what you ought to wear. Yep. Waiting for the right social vibe for you to make an entrance. Feeling so awkward. And yeah, you were feeling a little bit uh, anxious about being in a social space only consisting of women. Yeah. How did that turn and... out? I'm sure terribly, right? You got horribly judged. Everyone was like, what's your problem? Yeah. Everyone Why are was you here? Like... You didn't earn this. Right, you should lose weight. Yeah. You're dumber than all your colleagues. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it all went, right? We actually had a really great uh, workshop about the inner critic and all of the mean shit it says to you. Yes, yeah, a nasty, nasty inner friend. A mean thing. Um, on night numero uno, I immediately found my friend Chelsea, who I worked with at Dropbox, and... When we stopped working at Dropbox together, she went to Seattle, I went to New York, 
Uh, we kind of lost touch for a few years, but it was one of those relationships where you see each other and immediately pick up right where you left off. I love those. And, yeah, and then it was just nothing but dick jokes and butt fart sounds and butt fart was, sounds. Butt farts. The rare not. butt fart. <laughs> the rare butt fart. Uh huh. But it was so good. And then I think that like her and I throughout the day were in different workshops and things. So we would go off on our own and meet other new people and then bring them all back to each other. That's nice to have a little home base, a little little social net of somebody you actually know and are familiar with. Exactly. But the first night, I can tell that we were both very anxious about all of the new faces. And so we just kind of glued on to each other. Right. And made intense eye contact only with each other. (laughs) Friendships are formed that way through the crucible of social anxiety. Yeah, it was so it was so nice though, and I met a lot of awesome ladies who live in my neighborhood even. And oh, so shocking! You went to a creative <laughs> conference. And you met people that live in Brooklyn, in Greenpoint, no less. But that's like Linda. That's like two thousand miles away. It makes no sense. <laughs> Shut up. What's the what are the chances? What are the odds? I mean, I figured that there'd be a ton of San Francisco people there, and of course there were. But mm-hmm. never heard also... of it. What's, what's that place? <laughs> It's full of white dudes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know that. You've heard of this. Yeah, sure. Uh, it was great. It was so good, Andy. And um, I learned a lot. And I learned how to coach my team better, hopefully. And met a lot of great people. And it was so weird being around only women for a whole week. Tell me about that. I, I can't even really describe it, but... A few days into the conference, it just became normal. And we were on this big resort, and there weren't a lot of people there for the beginning of the week. So it was mostly just people who were there for this conference, so all women. And then the handful of men who worked at the resort, so who were there, like, serving us drinks for once. And <laughs> so that take was that. Really sweet. Aha. Did you make them do the take dishes, that. too? Yeah, take that, patriarchy. Um But it was, I don't know, it was just very comforting. And so on one of the last nights, they did this big sound bath. And so this is the second sound bath of our show. Okay. (laughs) Becoming a theme. (laughs) They follow me around. I don't get it. Um, But one of the men who was leading the sound bath, uh, oh, there you go, I just said it, was a man. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) you you did the opposite of buried lead there. You put the lead up front. One of the men was a man. Identified as <laughs> a man. Male. So we walked into this room, and it was the first time in several days that any of us had been in a situation where there was a man leading by authority in the center of a room while we were all seated, and he was standing up. And he starts his talk by addressing us as guys. And, mm. you know, like, hey, mm. guys. And just immediately, mm. so many people were like, Ladies, <laughs> and the the knee jerk reaction to correct him was, I think, a lot more pronounced than it would have been had we not just spent a very concentrated amount of time supporting each other. Oh, for sure, like yeah. support and safety in numbers, right? Yeah, and it wasn't like we were throwing this guy under the bus or being like boo, but maybe it should have been. The... That would have been a strong message to say. <laughs> 
And then, well, yeah, what kind of sucked about his response is that he's, he tried to be like, when I say guys, I mean, I'm addressing a group. He should have just said, yeah, yeah, you're, dude, you're right, I'm a dick. Dude, that's yeah. what everyone fucking means, okay? <laughs> yeah, but you're that's also the problem. at a conference specifically for ladies who are trying to make their place in this world as creative yeah. leaders. Yeah, and, and no, one thought, no one thought you literally meant to only address male-identifying people <laughs> in the room. That's not what people are responding to. Everyone's just right. pointing out that that being your default, that your catch-all for a group of people is guys. That's the problem. Exactly. And a lot of women, including myself, we're also catching ourselves doing that. I've gotten pretty good about using the word friends or buds when I'm addressing a group. But... I always go, human beings. Yeah. <laughs> I am robot and mad gold. Fellow homo sapiens. <laughs> so... It just felt like strength, you know? It just felt um, so supporting. And it, it, the first few days were actually very draining for me. I had to take many hours by myself in my hotel room afterwards. Um, but I think that says a lot about how our society is structured and how our workplaces are structured. We're not used to being around so many women. And I think that the narratives that we've set for ourselves about women is that they're going to be judgy or bitchy or manipulative or, you know, there's all these fears that we've implanted in our brains so that women don't have a seat at the table as often. Yep. And so just kind of doing the work against those voices and those biases was pretty exhausting at first, but then it just became normal. Hmm. So it was really great. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. It's such a nice time. Yeah. Sounds like a very productive conference. Now, is this an annual thing? Will you go back next year or is this a one-time thing? What's the deal? Um, it happens twice a year. And oh, twice a year. I'm going to do my best to go next year. So, cool. Yeah. And, sure. then you, and then you jaunted off and went and saw some rivers and canyons. Yep. I uh, left the retreat. A bud met me out there. We drove to the Grand Canyon. Have you mm. heard of that? Mm, that's the big one, right? <laughs> Yeah, I kept calling it the Graham Camium, and uh, very charming. It's a graham cracker made of yum yum, and uh, I'm a 31 year old woman. Mm hmm. But it Wait, was. You're only 31. Yeah. I thought you were like a few years older than me. I'm a year older than you. Huh. Doesn't <laughs> count. When did you graduate? Did you graduate high school and college like a year? Like two years ahead of me? I graduated high school in 05. Yeah, so you were two years ahead of me there because I was, I was old for my grade. Oh, Maybe yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. Anyway, I didn't mean to derail yeah. the conversation. I just, uh, always I was I, you know, I always my... think of you as an old lady, you know, so it kind of threw me for <laughs> well, a loop there. I have picked up embroidery along with knitting, so mm. my old lady hobbies are coming in strong. Well, I go to bed at 8.30, so what up? We are good grandparents. It's true. Today, Hillary informed me that she paid in cash with perfect change for something at a store. And I was like, what the hell is Aww. wrong with you? The fact that that's a story worth telling when you get home is the adorable part. Well, we got, we got some actual, <laughs> like, literal cash for our wedding. We're very generous mm -hmm. to people. But uh, we don't, neither of us have banks that are convenient for us to deposit cash in. Right. Because we both have, like, internet banks, or at least, I mean, they're not internet banks. They're, they're real businesses, but they don't have branches. We didn't, we didn't pick our bank based on, like, the convenience of the branch to us. We picked our bank for other reasons. So it's, like, not right. convenient to deposit the cash. So 
We've been slowly going through it. And she announced today that, yes, she bought more dog food with perfect change. Sitting there <laughs> dealing out nickels to the uh, the dog store lady, so clerk person. That's very sweet. Aww. So, yeah, we're old. Um, You're 31. You went to the Grand Canyon for the first time at 31. Uh-huh. And... It was so cool. Um, but I think that my favorite things that I saw, I mean, the Grand Canyon is pretty epic and all, but it's so big that, like, you're looking at it and you can just tell that there's a whole world to be explored in there. Mm-hmm. And it would take you a lifetime. Um, and so then your brain just kind of turns it off. Like right. a really big number. It's just, like, it does not compute. So it's big enough that, it, like, it'd be, it, it's, it's hard to connect with it on a personal level it's like it's like looking out uh out an airplane window at the ground you're like yeah i get it nice picture on the ground over there it's hard to like actually internalize exactly what you're looking at right like your brain registers some shock and awe of this is unusual and then it's like what (laughs) yeah so i i really loved there's this um other canyoning thing called horseshoe bend that was really awesome because it was a pretty short hike. Up is that to not it. part of the Grand Canyon, or is it, it part might of the Grand be? Canyon? I don't know. It's, it's still like, the Colorado River, right? Yeah, okay. and it's like an hour or two away from the south um, viewing points of the Grand Canyon that gotcha. we went to. Um, I'm about to get hit by so many bikes and cars right now. Oh my god! Don't do I'm that, gonna... please. That would okay. make a, a bad episode. <laughs> bad podcast. On a very special episode of Earth to Linda. <laughs> Linda goes to the hospital. <laughs> so, so yeah, the horseshoe thing was amazing because it's this part. Wait, what is it? The Snake River? Is that what you said? It's um, the Colorado River that Colorado makes River, the Grand yeah. Canyon. Yeah. So no, what it does is it snakes. It's not the Snake River. <laughs> it, <laughs> it makes a snake shape. Or, is the Colorado River shape. snaking, or is the Snake River Coloradoing? It's just like a perfect rectangle. Exactly. The river just runs in a perfect square based on longitude and latitude. That'd be really creepy, actually. It would be pretty eerie. Yeah, very windy out. Um, so the horseshoe thing was awesome because um, I think it was easier for the mind to grasp. You're standing there, you're looking at the entire bend that the river makes around this big chunk of canyony rock, and uh, just so so cool. Also went to Arches National Park. Yeah, all exactly the pictures were very breathtaking, especially of that bend. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to promote your Instagram here while we're talking about the beautiful pictures you took? Nah, I'm good. Do you want more followers on Instagram? <laughs> I don't need more followers. I really just love Instagram for the people I actually know in my life. Yeah. Like, me if too. people want to follow me, that's fine, but it's not what I'm using it for. Yeah, I'm on private on Instagram, so. Oh, I feel lucky. And yours is usually so. just pictures of dinner, which I really like. Well, for a long time, oh, it was pictures of dinner. Photos. It was pictures of yeah. dinner for a long time. I stopped doing that, though. I used to post. A picture of everything I cooked and intentionally like not try and be precious about it. And, yeah, like, that was when I was like, subscribe. Uh, but then I stopped doing that. I don't really know why. I just stopped. We got the phases in life. Yeah. You know about this. I, I do know about phases. It's true. I think the riskiest thing I did on my trip was that last night we stopped for sushi in Salt Lake City before getting on an airplane. And... I just realized, oh god, I don't know where this Salt Lake City sushi comes from. Is going to give me food poisoning? Oh boy. I started to have some panic about halfway through the meal about that. Really? But I didn't, I didn't die. Do you have like a food safety dermaphobe kind of vein in you? 
Only because I've gotten food poisoning a couple of times. Mm. Um, and I think that it was... Fear of God each, in you. Yeah, and each time it was from seafood or raw fish. Um, and I think that maybe my body in particular is just extra sensitive to that stuff since I didn't eat a lot as a, as a kid or who knows what. So it's not that I am paranoid about food safety, but when it comes to fish, I'm like, uh-oh. A little vigilant. This is scary. Yeah. Yeah. What have you been up to this week? I had a normal week, but I spent yesterday in Philadelphia reviewing high school artists' portfolios for potential oh. admission to MICA. <gasps> Andy, that's lot, so fun. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing it. I've done it a couple times in the past, but never as part of National Portfolio Day, which is what this was. This was a National Portfolio Day event. So, table set up. Lots of little studious high school art friends coming by to show you their Dungeons and Dragons character sheets and their paintings about their feelings. And it was very charming. It's not so sweet. I was just telling somebody about this week, last week at the retreat, about how there's this designer who is now a very uh, awesome product designer. But I remember early on. Oh, you're talking about Andy Mangle. I know that guy. Oh, yeah, Andy (laughs) Mangle. But early on in their pursuit of design, they showed me a bunch of their anime drawings, which uh, it's just like, I don't even know how to have that conversation with the person. But apparently somebody had it with them at some point because their work got amazing and they figured it all out. You don't know how to talk about anime drawings, you're saying? (laughs) Well, when somebody, like in this situation with the high schoolers, somebody shows you their anime drawings and it's like, I would like to pursue design. What do you say? Uh, What do you... So the person was, like, coming to you because they knew you were a design person, and they were like, I, too. I'm like you. See? Here's my drawings of Boku no Academia or whatever. Right. And I think that they were even a little bit kind of like, so, therefore, I deserve a spot on your team that you're on. Oh. This is like a hiring situation. Yeah. I mean, I was just an individual contributor at the time. I was, like, a junior-ish designer. Um, But it still just felt like... Oh, yeah, because I remember being that person at one point in my life as well. Like, I think I was that person in high school where I would just do anything creative that I could think of. Um, and then you show it to people and you're like, is this good? Am I good? What do I do? <laughs> Please, can I have the validation, the sweet, sweet validation? I want it so bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And no, I, so I how that. did you talk to those kids about their, you said their Dungeons and Dragons character sheets? There was a lot of Dungeons and Dragons character sheets. Really? I, did not, I mean, Dungeons and Dragons, I think, is having an extended moment, perhaps based off the success of a couple Dungeons and Dragons podcasts. But uh, I think people are, it's a little resurgence. I think young people are getting into it. That's so crazy to me. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I really enjoyed, I love talking to people about things they're interested in. Uh, yeah. So if I had one... The one thing I didn't love is that like most of the students were not prepared to talk about what they were actually interested in. Like, I would ask everybody just to lay their work out and tell me about their work and themselves. And everyone was like, uh, I draw and I paint. Okay, great. Cool. Very helpful. Uh, there was like <laughs> one or two students that were actually talking about like things that they're influenced by and, you know, right. that kind of stuff. But, um, but no, I, and it was funny because I haven't talked about fine art work in years, really. I mean, it's not part of my life so much. I mean, occasionally Hillary and I would go to a museum and we'll talk about pieces there, but it was nice to talk about fine art again. I like talking about fine art. I like talking about drawing. Uh, and it was nice to feel, nice to feel like I had some genuine 
information and knowledge to impart to these students. It was a very good yeah. feeling. They, they, they seemed very helped by the things I had to say, which was very nice. It made me feel oh, good. That's so awesome. I yeah. love talking to students so much. I do too. Always, I don't know. It's always super great. And it's always surprising the little things that they latch on to. And I can't even really think of any examples right now. But just like by being genuine and sharing your experience, I think that people can gain so much from that. Yeah. And this is a rare position where like a lot of these kids obviously are like they're applying to art school for the first time. A lot of them either very obviously or more subtly clearly did not have a great time in high school and were looking to like, you know, it gets better kind of, you know, find a way in their adult life to find their community and find their people that they had not been able to in high school. And uh, so like it was a situation where they were essentially coming to like have their work judged, right? They were there because they were seeking right. seeking some kind of validation. And so it felt great, obviously, to be able to say to the students that were doing great work, like you have a great portfolio, you should be proud. They were like, you know, do a big exhale, like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like the weight of the world is lifted. Uh, so that was really nice to do. And then even the people that still needed work, uh, I don't know. It, it was clear that they were very, they were very intently listening to what I had to say, which maybe it's just a power trip that I like that. But you know, it's yeah. like it wasn't, it wasn't like some superficial thing. It was they were genuinely there because they wanted to know about how their work was perceived by others. Yeah, and it's always so fun to just give somebody some honest feedback, um, but you know, tailor it to a way that won't crush their soul the way that mine was crushed in college. I remember, I think I was at uh, Micah, actually, a few months ago. Or no, a few years ago. I was about to say, you better not have been at Micah a few months ago and not called me. God (laughs) damn. I think that this is actually the trip that you and I met on in person for the first time. Yeah. Um, But there was somebody that, like, we ended up emailing back and forth a few times because they were really, like, trying to suss out their portfolio. And a conversation that I have with college students or, you know, even high school students, I guess, a lot now is that... uh, I can tell when you have something in your portfolio that was just, you know, on a checklist somewhere, like maybe a professor gave you a checklist, like this is what your portfolio needs to have on it, but it feels like totally uninspired and to be okay with that and to just like let that project go and be like, Hey, I can tell that all of the, you know, visual stuff that you're doing or all of the graphic stuff that you're doing, like I can tell that you are so excited by it because I can see that you put like infinite more hours of work into it and some of this other stuff yeah and um i think that coming to that realization earlier on is really important because i remember just feeling guilt about not having every single thing in my portfolio being just like totally polished and amazing but there's some stuff that you work on and you just kind of don't give a shit about it and you're like Ugh, yeah i don't really like yeah that's a, that's a, it was nice to give that feedback all day right like hey if you do the thing you're interested in you're you're gonna work on it more because you like it and because you work on it more, you're going to get better at it, and your work's just going to be yep. better because you did the thing you were interested in instead of forcing yourself to do what you think you're supposed to be interested in. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, so yeah, that was nice. Cool. But otherwise, I had a normal week. Uh, I've been. I was actually kind of. I was ruminating a little bit on where we ended our conversation last time, because you were talking mm-hmm. about being surrounded by all these women and feeling anxious about it, and how, you know, throughout your entire life growing up, you felt like you were always were closer with dudes than other ladies mm-hmm. and had those as close friends. And I was, I was thinking about it because like, I'm not like that. Like my, my closest friends for my entire life have always been other dudes, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much. But there is definitely this thing where if I'm in like a new social situation, I 
almost always gravitate towards the women in this new social situation rather than the men. And like the, the best example yeah. I can give is like when I joined this gym, like I just found all the fucking dudes insufferable. I was like, I don't, yeah. I don't care about you. I don't want to talk to you. Uh, like you just seem like the fucking pits. Uh, and meanwhile, like a lot of the women that went to the gym were like very normal, friendly people that just seemed fine. Uh, and a lot of that yeah. was me projecting. I think like I just assumed that, dudes there were like meathead idiots which was not the case with all of them but is the case with some of them and I still you know I still definitely feel like I have more a casual acquaintances or casual friendships with, with like the women at the gym as opposed to the other men at the gym uh, and that's right. true of like you know if I'm in a big social group even like a big social group of like my friends right uh, like we're going to uh we're going on a trip to Miami in February with like a group mm -hmm. of 10 of our friends or 10 of us total. So it'd be like a big That's group fun. and a big giant Airbnb. Uh, and I'm already kind of like, Oh, these dudes here. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't really want to spend 24 hours with Scott or whatever. Scott's not one of their names. Right. I'm injecting a random <laughs> name there, but like, I can definitely, you know, see myself talking to like, I'm, I'm looking forward to like spending more time with these women that I'm friends with and like getting to know them better. I was trying to yeah. figure out like where that comes from. I didn't know if you had any insight having uh always growing up I mean, with I, friends of the opposite gender. Yeah, I definitely reflected on that after our call. And I wondered a little bit if it's the fact that when you move to a new place, or since I've done that a lot, I have a lot of uh, examples to pull from, but <laughs> moving to a new place or being in a big situation like that, it's weird because I think if you're honest with yourself, you're almost just like hanging out with the people that you're primally attracted to in some way i was gonna ask if you thought this was part of it <laughs> and i think i do and i i mean i hate that like as soon as i thought it i was like ew that's gross i need to challenge myself to work on this because i i think that you can find so many relationships in your life that don't start that way that turn out to be the most fulfilling and but i think that that's what it is is that in a situation like that you're kind of like stressed and it's like uh fight or flight a little bit and you do jump back into that monkey brain a little bit where you're like who who here uh hot now uh <laughs> who i make baby with but not that you're good good impersonation of, of <laughs> yeah. yeah i've wondered if and, that's part of it and like for me i also think there's another aspect which is that uh especially in larger social situations i genuinely do think on on average like across the board dudes are just worse to be around than, than <laughs> women i think they're like trying to impress people and they're definitely you know you know puffing up their because chest the other example i can think of and I, I rarely find myself in a new social situation as we've discussed on this show because i've got my friends i've you know got a lot of people i, I love in my life I'm not interested in finding new friends so much but uh <laughs> we were at xoxo i mean i guess like three years ago at this point uh yeah maybe two years ago something like that and like all the people i met at xoxo it was just like i kind of went alone like you were going and a bunch of other people that I was like internet friends with were going, but I wasn't going with anybody. Right. It was just me right. kind of solo. And I spent a lot of time just reading books, you know, sitting around the campus. Cause I also didn't have the, the talk ticket. I just had the hangout ticket. Right. Um, but, uh, like all of, I met a lot of women that weekend where it was like, Oh, you're very interesting. Like talking to you. I'll follow you on Twitter. We'll become internet friends. And like none, none of the dudes, I just have all these memories of dudes being like, dominating the conversation and talking over people and right. you know being like combative and wanting to argue at a bar and it's like why 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 dudes, right. why my opinion is this way and it's better because of that and 
So I will say that when I did CrossFit, every single CrossFit gym I've ever been to, I've only connected with the women there. Interesting. And who knows? Maybe even though, so even though it was this... all those big beefy dudes for your monkey brain to latch onto. Right. But in that case, it almost feels like the monkey brain is latching onto safety because it does oh, feel like a very aggressive environment. Interesting. Right. Where they're like, it's like they're fighting each other <sighs> a little bit for your, for not your attention, but I'm going to you know, like, power clean the most to show off for the females. Right. Or to get ripped for when I go find them later at the bar. Yep. And, um, yeah, so I, I I always stayed way far away from the dudes at CrossFit Gym. Like, I just can't even describe how uncomfortable <laughs> I was in that environment. Um, that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I mean, it's okay. It's, and it's not that they're being gross well, towards the women. I've never well, seen any, like, they... bad behavior. It's just, like, I don't know. It's just, like, the the there's so much testosterone. I mean, you could just... Yeah, I mean, I I really like the gym that I go to, but I I go at 6 a.m. as you know, and 6 a.m. is a very small class. Like there's between three and six of us most days, maybe seven or eight on a busy day. Sometimes there's just two of us. Uh, And it's a similar group of people, right? It's like a subset of the same 10 or 12 people are there, you know, every morning at 6 a.m. I would Mm -hmm. not enjoy like the 5.30 p.m. class that is over attended. It's just too many. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's a very different vibe. I just, I like, I, I don't know. But yeah, I was thinking about that. The other thing I think might come down to is like, cause honestly, I, I think I have enough self-awareness to like, not only engage with women that I'm like attracted to in situations like this. Like even right. women that I'm like, not, you know, quote unquote attracted to, I feel like I would still rather be talking to them and spending time with them than insert random dude here. Yeah. Uh, I think part of it might be, this is something I've been wondering is if like, if flirtation is just one of the like mild flirtation is like one of the only one of the easiest modes of social interaction. That's uh, totally it. And like, it's very mild and it's not even necessarily a physical attraction. It's just the person who might have glasses that look like yours. So you're like, we probably have similar interests. Let's talk to each other. But you're saying that would be different with somebody of the opposite gender for both for us heterosexual people. Yeah, I think so. I, just, I, I feel like like the feeling I have, I don't know. It's just like <laughs> I feel like making small talk in situations like that with other dudes that I'm not like close friends with. It's always like, why are you asking me that? Why do you want to know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what's your what's your deal? Uh, whereas uh, I don't feel that way when I'm talking to other women. I don't know if that's just some weird mild sexism on my part or something. But, uh, I don't think so. But yeah, in those situations, like in big social situations or in situations where I'm with a bunch of new people, I always find myself gravitating towards talking to women as opposed to men. But then throughout like my entire life, my closest friends, my like dearest closest friends have always been men. So yeah, a lot to and reflect on. And how do you on. meet those men usually? Uh, in school. My, 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 closest, yeah. my, my, my closest friends I've had for the longest time who are people I went to high school with. And then we started our business together after college. Uh, I met them both like one of them, <laughs> one of these guys. We have uh, our last names are very close in the alphabet. So we always had lockers next to each other and we're always in the same homeroom. And he was extremely quiet in high school. And I just kind of picked him and was like, you and I are going to be friends. <laughs> like I like projected myself onto him. And for a long time, he didn't even really like me that much. But I was just like, hey, come over after school. Can't wait to see you. And he's like, uh, okay, I'll see you then. Uh, and I just kind of like forced my way into that friendship. 
Uh, and the other ones are people, you know, we just similar classes and social circles and found out we had similar interests and then right. bonded over playing video games or whatever. And it's almost the rest forced. is history. Yeah, mm -hmm. some of my some of my best male friends were people that I was initially like maybe attracted to, and then you might even get to know them for like twenty minutes, and you're like, oh, I'm not attra attracted to you that way, but I do totally want to be your bud. And um, or like I've even dated some of the people that I'm still closer to than anyone now. And um, also the women that I'm friends with, I think I was in a not a forced situation, but um, <laughs> you were coerced. <laughs> But Under a threat like of personal my, injury? <laughs> well, when I first moved to Brooklyn, the, the, the woman who I lived with, she was one of my roommates. So it was her and two other guys that I lived with. And her and I are still really good friends um, to this day. And, you know, not a relationship that I chose initially, but that I'm so glad that I have. And I just wonder sometimes if I'm missing out on those relationships because I'm like, this cute guy, maybe, over here looks nice. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. If only we were extroverts. I think that those people have it made. But I think most believe. people would call us extroverts, Linda. I don't know. I think I most think people that know us would be like, oh, you are so, you can handle social <laughs> situations so well. You're so comfortable. You'll talk to people. Because both of us will do that, yeah. right? We'll, you know, walk into a situation and be like, hey. Right. What exactly. up? But you it feels do a, a kick like flip this. and then flip your hat backwards <laughs> and then give them a thumbs up. Hello, youths. I don't know. Have we talked about introversion versus extroversion on this show? I think we have. I feel like we have. I the, like My TLDR of my position on it is I feel like it's been the word introvert has been robbed of all meaning by everybody saying that if you ever need time to yourself, you're an introvert and you could just be a loud right. introvert. It's like, well, yeah, okay. Like basically every human being needs time to himself at some point there's nobody out right. there it's like that insane and like narcissistic that they just need constant validation from strangers at all times and that's how they recharge right but i don't know it doesn't I think matter some of those people do exist maybe like young andy who couldn't handle being alone for five minutes so he would leave the house and walk around i have definitely gotten uh more i don't know if shy is the right word i am definitely not as the center of the social situation as I once was. Uh, and I think it's now because I have a healthful loathsome, loathing of myself that I didn't have when I was younger. <laughs> just Aww. the right amount of loathing, though. You know, just enough for, for like, some self-awareness. Yeah. And that's healthy. Anyway. Anyway. We're five minutes over, Linda. That's okay. It's a beautiful fall night. It's just so nice. I'm enjoying standing outside and noticing how many of my neighbors have dogs they're all coming out with their little puppers i love standing outside in weather that is very mildly inhospitable yes like Same. it's just just a little bit too cold just a little bit of rain like mm -hmm. too windy like i really like just being outside in that kind of weather yeah i don't know why oh little scruffy pups got the little rain jackets on oh my god i'm gonna die it's so cute we bought sadie a rain jacket today Oh, why didn't you open with that? Oh, I don't know. I thought it was kind of boring, <laughs> probably. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway. Anyway. I hope you have a good rest of your night, Linda. Thanks. Are you just in town having you. a normal week this week? Yes. I don't go out of town for two weeks. 
Wow, that's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, the next trip we're going to Vermont for our leadership planning retreat. All right, well, I guess we'll have nothing to talk about next week because you'll just still be in Brooklyn. Yep. I'll be standing right I look here. forward to talking to you about nothing, Linda. I look forward to the same. <laughs> All right. Good night. Bye, Andy. Bye.